0: The Max and Tony show episode 18 18 second episode of 2018 absolutely what does
1: it all mean well, well what it means today is that uh, we're gonna speak to one of my dear dear friends and uh, one of the best storytellers I've ever met hmm and uh, he he has known Harry Carey Frank Sinatra Sidney Chaplin the son of Charlie Chaplin, and uh, he grew up in Galway, which is one of my favorite towns in Ireland, and uh, for the first time, I know his full name, Coleman, Thomas Newell. Welcome, uh, my pal Coley Newell.
0: Yeah, we just call him Coley. Podcast. <laughs> oh, I've been called a hell of a lot
1: worse. <laughs> <laughs> So you're from Galway, which is uh, you know, I always describe it as the New Orleans of Ireland. What was it like growing up in Galway? Uh I'll sum it up
2: like this. I never knew rain came from the sky until I came to America. Really? I thought it rained sideways yeah, at 90 yeah. miles an hour. That wow. was growing up yeah, in Galway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um it's 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 interesting. I go back a couple times a year and it's Every time I go back, it changes a little bit. Uh huh. But it's still
1: the most fun part of Ireland by Absolutely. far. Absolutely, and now it's got a bunch of good restaurants. Yeah. You know, there was a time in Ireland where you couldn't get a goddamn thing to eat. You know, I mean, our people are. Not, I'm of Irish descent. <laughs> right. Our people are not known for the cuisine. I mean, you know, every Friday night somebody says, hey, let's go out for some Chinese, let's go out for some Greek. Nobody ever says, let's go out for some Irish. Not
2: even the patties will say yeah. that. But here, here's an interesting little tidbit, and nobody would ever believe you. Um, for the last, up until at least five years ago that I know for sure, um, Irish chefs were always... Either number one or number Absolutely. two in the European Cooking Olympics. Yep. Wow. Always. But you know now, why? Now they've stayed in Ireland. They've they always learned
1: did. how to cook out of self-defense from their wives <laughs> and their mothers <laughs> and dear old mom. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know. <laughs> My mom could cook. My mom could cook. My mom could um, cook. You She's better good.
2: say that. she will be good. listening to this.
1: <laughs> you like know. Her. Yeah. I come from a family where. Um, you know, we'd have a meal on Christmas or Easter or Thanksgiving, and then we'd pass around a roll of uh, a bowl full of tums and rollades. You know, <laughs> and and nobody was offended. It was like, I mean, this is just the way it is. Um, you know, the Irish are not known for their cuisine. You know, there's there's no great tome out there that's the world's finest uh, Irish cookbook. Yeah, did did so. Uh...
0: My grandpa, you're dead. Did he make you finish all your food? Like all of it? Oh yeah. It, yeah. Or there was like there was nothing to eat. The I used next... to
1: throw it into the table for the dog.
2: Right, right. Yeah, and oddly you know. enough, I had to pull a pork chop out of the dog's out of our dog's mouth one time because I was late coming to the dinner table. Really? Oh,
1: oh yeah. Wow. And they gave the pork chop to the fucking dog. They did, yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> oh, man. the fucker went hungry a... <laughs> after I got to him. <laughs> 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 there's some tough justice in your house, man. Oh, there's no. How mercy. many brothers and sisters do you have? There was eight of us. So same two here. Two sisters
2: yeah. and five brothers. Yeah,
1: same here. He had like yeah. the opposite. I had uh, two brothers and five sisters. Hmm. Yeah. I never got into the bathroom in the morning in my life. I had five sisters. You know, they're you had. No, you had God, you had no hope. <laughs> oh no, no, none at all. None at all. Um, now, I'm I'm assuming you were sent to Catholic schools as a kid.
2: Well, in Ireland, they're all
1: fucking Catholic. Really? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. Dude, the, even, the public schools are Catholic. Everything is Catholic.
1: Really? You yeah. did, did you have nuns teaching in the public schools? No, no, no. Thank God, no. Yeah. And we're not right Oh, yeah. No shit. Uh, yeah. You, uh, yeah. Your my parents si- did not send you to a Catholic school? My, my sisters went to a convent. Oh, man. How'd that go? Any of them nuns? One of my one of my sisters
2: just lost the nervous twitch in her right eye about a year ago. But yeah,
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, they was a Jeez. hateful, hateful place. Really? Yeah. Well, now, where'd they go for high school? Or for, oh yeah, uh, for high school. Yeah, they went to the convent. Yeah. What did your mother think?
2: Somebody had the calling. That was. No. You're kidding. My mother is smarter than that. Yeah. Wow. She's just trying
1: to knock some sense into us. Ah. Oh, so the, give it over to the good sisters. That's right. Yeah. It smacked the shit out of me, man. I mean, <laughs> the worst. I've been beat by every order. Felicians, Dominicans, uh, Irish Franciscans. Nuns, Irish nuns wouldn't be let
2: into ISIS.
1: Too fucking
2: cruel. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jeez. They've
1: been refused. <laughs> So when did you come over to the states?
2: Um let me see. I I left Ireland late 82. I went to London for a couple of years, then to uh Germany for a little bit, then New York, Boston, Chicago for about 5 months. Then I was uh hired here to go out to work at Chaplains and Southern California. You
1: worked for Sidney Chaplin, the son yes. of Charlie Chaplin, the great silent film star. Yeah. What was Sidney Chaplin like?
2: He may be the funniest man I've ever met. Really? Yeah. I when I funnier was... than
1: you? <laughs> oh. I
2: wouldn't even hold his jock strap. He oh, wow. He, uh when when uh, I was working at the Hilton downtown here in Chicago. In 86, and the president of the Hotel and Restaurant Employees Union came in, and he says, uh, Coley, I want you to go to Palm Springs and work for Sydney Chaplin. And I was, we were really busy, and I said, John, can I call you in the morning? He says, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. So I went home that night, and, you know, after my busy shift, and made a sandwich, put it on the TV, flicking through. There was nothing on, not a thing. But Joan Rivers had a late night talk show at the time, and Joan Collins was on as her guest. So I thought, oh, gotta watch this. You yeah, know, always had a bit of a thing Joan for Collins, Joan Collins. Yeah, really. Yeah. So Joan Rivers is firing the questions. Next thing she says, Joan Collins of all the men you've ever had in your life, who was your favorite? And she says, without a doubt, Sydney Chaplin. Wow. And she's boned, and she boned everybody. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I know that name. I. Just couldn't place it, so finished my sandwich, went to bed, and I woke up in the morning and said, John, you want me to go to Florida for something? He said, no, idiot. Don't pack your surfboard yet. You're going to the desert. I said, for what? Why would I go there? So he says, to work for Sidney Chaplin. So now I hear this name again, and I'm thinking, who the fuck is Sidney Chaplin? Besides (laughs) a guy who boned Joan Collins. Well, I didn't even put that together yet. (laughs) Oh, wow. So he said, well, he's Charlie Chaplin's son. He was a big star on Broadway. He discovered Barbara Streisand. So I said, "Yeah, Yeah, he was, he
1: was an actor in his own right, right? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Big star on Broadway. Yeah. So when I hear that, I thought, hold on a minute. Did he ever date Joan Collins? Oh, yeah. He lived with her for three years. I says, I'm putting gas in the car. I'm on my way. Awesome. So... A couple, them, I got there about a month later and knocked at the back door of the restaurant and bar that they were building out. And this big guy comes to the door. He says, yeah. He says, I'm here to see Sidney Chaplin. He says, yeah, that's me. Who are you? And I'm looking at him and think, geez, he doesn't look anything like Charlie. Yeah. So we get in there. He says, pull up a seat, kid. So the bar was only plywood at the time. So we pull up two seats to this plywood bar, and next thing, there's a rattle on the back door again. And he looks at me, and he says, Did you bring anybody from Chicago, kid? I said, No, it's just me and my bags. Then he looks at his watch, and he kind of cocks his head, and he says, Do you kids have Kojak in Ireland? I said, You mean with Telly Savalas? He said, Yeah. I said, Yeah, I've seen it in England. I've seen it in Germany. I think it's all over the world. Oh, I've got a little surprise for you then. So I'm thinking, geez, this guy is fucking nuts. <laughs> so sure enough, the door opens. It's Telly Savalas. Oh, wow. oh, cool. Oh, so and he says, "Tell, come over here and meet Ooh, the Irish lov- kid."
1: Who loves you, baby?
2: Yeah. So Telly pulls up, and he was asking me more questions than Sydney. So that's that's kind of how I I'm... actually
1: saw a movie once with Telly Savalas when he had hair. No, and shit. for the first five minutes, I didn't recognize him. I'm like, yeah, uh, who is that guy? Is <laughs> well, I I've know. I've seen some of Kojak, but
0: what 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 was he in movie wise that I might have known him in? Because I in,
1: uh, the Dirty Dozen, or the, okay, Kellys yeah, Heroes, okay. one of those, both okay. of them, I think. Yeah, both of them. Right on, and uh, he was Maggot. In, yeah, uh, uh, one of those. Oh, and, god, uh, he played
2: a great character. That,
1: yeah, I mean, he was, he was, you know, usually before Kojak, he was usually a bad guy.
2: I think even during Kojak, yeah, he was yeah always exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just
0: remember you catching this marathon on when I was a kid, and like I just could not get to you because you were
1: stuck in the marathon. You were, oh, was I was Kojak. watching Kojak, but I loved Kojak, <laughs> you know, yeah, who didn't. You know, one of these days I'm going to do a drawing of Kojak. I just yeah, why not? I want to at some point do a bunch of pencil drawings of uh, television detectives. Mm-hmm. You know, Mannix, Kojak. God, yeah, uh, yeah You, you know? did all the greats. You did the oh, don't forget Andrew
2: Dickinson, the Fugitive. Yeah,
1: you did the main guy
0: from the Fugitive a while back. Oh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. No, 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 not uh, the the, uh, the Harrison Ford, the old the old show. Oh.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Jansen. Yeah, you did yeah. him. Yeah, that was years ago for the Bumtown show. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I, was really fascinated by uh, uh, TV cop shows when I was a kid. So, so what did you what did you do with Tully Savas? Did you have a drink with him? No, it, it was only a plywood bar. The bar, they were still building it out. Yeah? but Now, you ran the bar for him. When yeah. they When they finally opened, yes, what what yeah. was opening night like? Uh,
2: you know, t- honestly, all of Sydney's friends were like the really big name celebrities. Yeah. So, you know, f- for a kid from Galway to be subject to this, I mean, my God.
1: Well, one of his yeah. good friends was Frank Sinatra, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mister S was a regular, and and he lived right down the street, so. How old were you exactly when you were opening? Uh, let me see. I think I was 23. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. So 23 years old, just you know, not from you know America, but you're but you're opening and you're seeing all these celebrities that like all these Americans like love. Is it is it nerve wracking at this point when you're opening,
2: or are you kind of just keeping your cool? Honestly, I think I was too young and naive to put it all together. Wow. You know, of course, I knew. I knew all the names. Yeah. But you know, looking back now, I'm sorry I never took pictures or got autographs or anything right. like that. Now right. did,
1: did Joan Collins show up? No, fucking bitch. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> the only reason I went out there. <laughs> um Did you ask him about Joan Collins? Of course I did. Yeah. Okay, well.
2: Are you kidding? Well, spill. I mean, some shit there's some shit I can't even say on a podcast. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: That's fair. So um so what uh who are the good tippers? <laughs> I mean, Sinatra definitely, there's right? There's
2: no doubt it. But you know
1: what are the There's a better than... question. Who are the shitty tippers? <laughs> who are the Taiwats? Oh, no. Honestly,
2: God, that's another thing. Out of I, there really wasn't any tight wads that I can remember. But you know, speaking of tipping, mm-hmm. um, one day, you know, I noticed, you know, Sinatra was at the table with uh, with Barbara and whoever else. But I noticed that, you know, his I noticed the table moving, and I looked over and I didn't see him. Like a second later, he came out from under it. He was bent down under it. And I saw him doing that once or twice. And one one of his valets, his, he had two valets, Jilly Rizzo and Eddie Fitzsimmons. But long story short, Eddie came to work for me one time. And so I was asking Eddie about it, and he just started laughing. He says, you know what the old man, used? he called him the old man, you know what the old man's, one of his favorite things to do was, in a restaurant, he would wad up a $100 bill and put it underneath the leg of the table. I said, why the fuck would he do that? He says, because he used to love to think how excited the cleaning person would be to find a $100 bill.
0: Wow.
1: That's kind of
2: cool. A complete and utter gem. No matter what you've heard about him, I and the stories that he used to tell me, what he used to do, he's They'd be in some town in Pennsylvania on their way to go do a show, uh-huh. and he'd be reading the local paper, and he'd see where, you know, some poor woman had her house of furniture stolen, and he'd say, hey, Eddie, find a furniture store near this girl's house and send over a house full of furniture. Wow. Well, who do who do I say it's from, Mr. S.? I, tell them it's from you. Don't say it's from me. Wow. Huh. Or a, a nun, a, a nuns would need a, a minivan to transport kids or crippled kids, or and he'd say, Eddie, get them a van. Well, who's it from, Mr. S.? It's not from me this time. Tell them it's a gift from God. Yeah. So he didn't want any
0: credit. I mean, no, he just wanted no. to do the right thing.
2: It's pretty special. Even when he he made people in his inner circle swear to never say anything about him, good or
1: bad. Yeah. Well, one of the great stories I heard was a guy who was a parking lot attendant at Ciro's. And uh, (laughs) and Sinatra comes out one night. He's about three sheets to the wind. And uh, the guy pulls his car up and... uh, uh, it's right near Christmas, and Frank Sinatra gives him 200 bucks. And uh, he says, is that the biggest tip you've ever gotten? <laughs> he goes, yeah, that's the biggest tip I've ever gotten for bringing a car up. He goes, what's the biggest tip you got before that? He goes, well, I got I got a C-note once. And the guy goes, ah, it was a cheapest to give you that. He's like... Well, you, Mister Sinatra, last <laughs> night. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, the stories of Sinatra. I mean, they're the, they're like legendary. You know, I um, mean, particularly, you know, how decent he was to like working people. You know, and uh, and those stories never kind of filtered out to the public. You know, he he kind of kept them close to his vest, and and you always heard the stories of him being an asshole, or you know.
0: I heard that more when he was younger or something. I heard he had to grow up a lot. I don't know if that's true or, or any of that, but yeah. I heard when in his younger years he was very cocky, he was very, you know, um, I guess I guess was just full of himself, I guess. And yeah. then something happened to him, I think, when he got arrested. Did he get arrested no, for his adultery?
1: Well, he could have been, but, <laughs> uh, you know. What guy I, do, do you know? They I, feel like, I, feel like,
0: I feel like I read that somewhere. I could be no, totally he, he wrong. No, got arrested.
1: But... I don't know what he got arrested for. I know he got arrested for something. No, um, in the, in the mid-50s, his career just came to a screeching halt. Yeah, really? That's right, yeah. And it wasn't until uh, from here to eternity that he got his, uh, his you know, mojo back. Okay. Um, and, you know, luckily, uh, I, because I will tell you, you know, you listen to the Frank Sinatra recordings from... 1955 to 1970, and that's some of the greatest American music ever recorded. Without a doubt, mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. A doubt. You know, um, man, it, it's it's so easy to underestimate Frank Sinatra as a singer. Um, did you get to go to any of those shows? Do you know? I, one of the other one, another
2: regular customer um, said asked me the same thing. Is you ever seen the old man in concert? I said no. He says. We'll go to Vegas. Yeah. And, I, you know, like you, I've, I haven't seen as many shows as you, but I've seen the biggest entertainers yeah. in the world. And so, and, you know, when, when you know somebody, it would be like me going to hear you sing, you know, not expecting much, saying, hey, yeah, I know the guy, so, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. But Sinatra was a completely different story. Oh, he became somebody else on stage. I mean, he but was It was really... I honest to God, and I remember the feeling well. It was like being hit by a Mack truck. Yeah. His presence was ridiculous. I've never experienced that before. Yeah. Or
1: since. You know, people say much the same thing about Elvis, about uh Bruce Springsteen, you know. Um, uh some people say it about Eddie Vedder, you know. I I mean um yeah there is there is that uh there is always the idea of the mythology is every bit as present as the person themselves. Yeah. And um I mean with Sinatra I think it loomed even larger because I think he framed a, an American kind of entertainment you know he was around at the beginning of Vegas. And to be truthful, Vegas is kind of what helped save his career, you know? Uh, I've read that, yeah. Playing the Sands and the Flamingo and, you know, Jack Entretter Presents, you know? Yeah. The Rat Pack shows. I mean, that that added a lot to the kind of glamorous cachet. Okay. Max, what does your generation think when they think of Frank Sinatra?
0: We think of, like, the really basic hits, you know, like Did It My Way and... um... Come fly with me, you know. Uh, I think the first song I ever heard was
1: Chicago, um, just because that's kind well, of. No, when, when we watch the Pope of Greenwich Village, you oh know the, what opens that is the Summer Wind.
2: Well, i
0: I didn't watch I didn't watch that when I was three. <laughs> so no, no, <laughs> so, I know. Yeah. yeah, no. But Summer Wind is my favorite song by him. Um, the way it but, opens
1: that movie, it's it's so perfect. Yeah. It's a guy who is Mickey Rourke getting. Dressed fastidiously to go to his job as a. He's
0: taken the money out of his his shoes. Yeah. It's it's a
1: beautifully done
0: introduction to his character. It's like. And
1: and it's so, so much like Sinatra. I mean, the guy was absolutely a slave to a certain kind of fashion. Yeah. All of his suits were made by Cy DeVore. The most
2: impeccably dressed person I've ever had the pleasure of meeting was Sinatra. Yeah. And all of my clothes that I need, that I, any suit or shirts that I have to go buy, I always go by his standard. And what's that? His, the suit, the suit jacket was always a little bit shorter than the shirt. The shirt would always stick out about. So About see, an inch, so you could see the cufflinks. He was mm-hmm. impeccable. Always, I mean, he, even when he was just out with the boys drinking, yeah, he, had to be fresh. had yeah. to Had to keep it. was a guy you would never see clean. in a
1: pair of jeans or uh, no, uh, no, or a, no way, or a t shirt or a shirt without a collar. You know, I mean, he was uh, always impeccably, sectorially uh, yeah. splendid. Yeah. Yeah, he he was
0: the gold standard, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's something my generation will always see that like that shot of him in his like his hat and his oh, like, yeah. blue suit smiling and it's, he's
1: recording, you know. Yeah, and he's, he's having a cup of a, a martini he, or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 I mean. I, mean right. yeah. I
0: I think you remember him from that. You remember you remember the Rat Pack obviously, you know, you, those images that come with There's that a
1: wonderful group. book about all things Sinatra by, by Chicago's own the uh-huh. great the great Bill Zamy. Um, called the way you wear your hat, and it examines all of the particulars surrounding the you know the, the culture of Sinatra, mm-hmm. you know the suits, how to act, how to you know how to not be a Clyde, you know which sure. is what he called guys who were just not very hip. Today would be, I think, <coughs> I believe it would be Larry. Yeah, or I, not to know, be a Tony, you know. Um, I don't think Tony's ever going to be the. The, the lame name, I don't know. No, no, but, but 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 I mean, the guy really knew how to dress. Yeah. I mean, it was really a, a absolute paragon of style. Now he introduced you to your future father-in-law, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um,
2: he was he was in one night for dinner, and like he always did, he'd come up to the bar to smoke a cigarette, and we're chatting away, and he he loved talking about Ireland. And how much yeah. he loved the brown bread and yeah. and then I, you know, as he's you know, he's asking me questions and then I'm asking him about Italy and you know, we're just shooting the shit. And so next thing he says, uh, he looks over and he says, You came here from Chicago, right, Coley? I said, Yeah, Mr. S. Y. He says, Do you know who that is at the end of the bar? I looked over, and I said, No. He's kind of smirked and he's he says, come over here a minute. So I came up from behind the bar and Grammy says, uh, we walked over to this guy and says, Harry, here's a guy from Chicago who doesn't know who you are. So <laughs> <laughs> uh <uh-oh.
1: laughs>
2: so Harry started laughing and he says, so I, that's how I met Harry.
1: Hey. Yeah.
2: Nice Irish kid. <laughs> Harry Carey, man. I yeah.
0: Uh when when did when did Harry Carey pass? 97. Uh, nine, 19
1: years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was, was it 97? I think
2: it, it's going to be 20 years in March. Wow. 98. Okay. 98. Then. Yeah. 90, I think. 80, yeah. Yeah. I remember it was around
0: 98, uh, around that time, because I just remember being a kid and knowing who he was, but didn't understand, like, the history and the significance of him, you know, I just saw him as this Cubs figure, you know. And then when they, the statue went up and just like everything about him came out after his death, it was very eye opening for me. And then, of course, you had to impersonate him like 80 different
2: times like, <laughs> to, to get me to remember him. But I eventually did. Hey! And, um, you know what? Yeah. I've, I've got a really funny story about Harry and Sinatra. Yeah,
1: oh, please man. share yeah.
2: that. So late night one, t- one time in Chaplins, um, it was, uh, and
1: they they would both have a drink or two together, correct? Oh
2: yeah, well, uh, hey, <laughs> I don't kiss and tell. I, you know what? Whatever <laughs> they did in Chaplins, uh, I'm not gonna say a feckin' word. <laughs> um, so it was late night. It was. It was... I love
1: how he says "fucking" not a feckin' word. Oh yeah, I'm
2: cleaning up my fucking. <laughs> not a
1: feckin' word. Well, I mean, he's he, swearing.
0: Swearing, if used right, can be poetic and and beautiful art. I mean, Coley has mastered the swearing. Oh,
1: the Irish, do the Irish do it. Oh, know, they do it the, better yeah. than anybody. It's like music. It's, I, it's, I got it's the, like, yeah. I I got in uh, Coley's truck one day and I said, "Man, in the country," Coley looks at me and goes, "Hey, brother, I'll tell you it's." Cuntishly cold out there. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Oh, we
2: charm it up. Yeah. Um all right, so um so it was a late night <coughs> in, in Chaplin's one day and it was it was Sydney, of course, and Harry and Frank and Jilly and Eddie, his two valets, and there was a one or two other guys there. That was it, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everybody's chatting and laughing and some great stories being told. And So all of a sudden, and, you know, nobody else is there, so I get to listen in. So next thing, out of the blue, Harry kind of looks up a little bit and he says, Hey, Frank, how many... Yeah, Harry, how many people you think you sang to last year? So Frank is looking at... Eddie and Jilly and the two boys are counting out, and they came. I don't know. I don't know, Mister. S. Maybe uh, probably a million, million and a half. And Harry lets out this big laugh. Ha! I got gotcha, you, Frank. I got gotcha! you. Of course, everybody else is panicked because you you don't laugh at Sinatra. No,
1: no. It's...
2: So, and Harry is laughing and laughing, and Frank goes. All right, Harry, you got me. What's up? He says, I sang to more people than you last year. I sang to two and a half million people. Oh, I'm coming from Wrigley <laughs> Field. Take me out to the ball game yeah. at Wrigley Field. Jilly <laughs> and Eddie actually had to pick up Frank from the ground. He was on both knees laughing so hard.
1: That's and hysterical. Just... <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's, that's hysterical. Did, did he, Frank ever visit... The booth at Wrigley Field when 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 Harry was calling a game. God, I don't know. Or in St. Louis. I mean, also do me a favor. Let's backtrack a little bit. Harry, you know the the big rumor on uh, on Harry was that he had to leave St. Louis because he was <laughs> banging Augie Bush's wife. Is there any truth to that? There is no truth to it. Yeah.
2: Although he's never confirmed or denied it. He'd really? always say a little, with a little sparkle. I'm not confirming or denying that it wasn't true, though. No. Yeah. But, but he <laughs> ah. took it as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, she was a good-looking <laughs> so, Dan. So he could, he couldn't <laughs> yeah. fully reveal exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm going to disclose that. <laughs> I used to do I- imitations of Harry. You know, and, and like after he died, you know, we all missed him. You know, yeah. so yeah. Could you please just tap? Uh, a keg of Bud over my grave. Christ's sake, I've been dead for four years. I'm fucking parched, you know? You
2: can't believe, to this day, people are still leaving
1: Budweiser at his grave. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you went to his grave uh, when the Cubs won the World Series.
2: Yeah. I. What I wanted to do, and I didn't even tell my kids about this, yeah. um, I just wanted to listen to the World Series with Harry, you know, and so I bought a little boom box and I brought it out there but the groundskeepers said... Did you bring a couple of buds with you? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I was the only one who didn't. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, I did chat with the groundskeepers and they said, well, you know, we close at five and because it's Harry, if anybody found out you were doing this, we'd have thousands of people that want to do the same. So, you know, I understood and so they said, I'll tell you what, we'll let you be the last person in here every night and you can set up your boom box and turn it on. And, and then in the morning before we open the gates, we'll pick it up for you and we can do the same thing again tomorrow. So that was great. So that's what I was doing. It's a pretty great deal, man, for yeah, people yeah. to just be
0: that like sensible and logical. I mean, can you imagine like a graveyard person being like, no,
1: no, close. Yeah, me. absolutely. Yeah. Did it's you like- listen to the game while the games were on at night? What do you mean? In, in the cemetery. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you
2: know, I they closed the cemetery at 5, so I'd get to around 4.30. And yeah. then when everybody was gone, I'd meet uh, Don Zabinski, the head groundskeeper there, and I'd set up the boom box, and then I'd cover it with a blue recycle bin, and I'd seal all the open holes, and it'd be on to the station. So then I'd, I'd leave the cemetery then— probably around 5.30 and make my way back into the city. Uh-huh. And I'd be listening to the first two innings in the car. And our friend, Donnie Cruz, he was yeah. calling. My, my thing was I was supposed to watch the games with Donnie and Luigi. So yeah. Donnie was calling me, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Donnie, I, I've got a thing to do, but I'll, I'll be at Stanley's and I'll be there by the second inning. That was the first day. The second day, the same thing. Uh, I'm kind of busy and Donnie was just getting more mad and more mad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So by game 6 I had to I had to send him a picture of the grave and tell him what I was doing and I said please you know nobody knows this my kids don't even know I'm doing this. But <laughs> Donnie says Hey, I'm going to put this on Facebook. I said, really, Donnie? Did you not read the fucking text message? <laughs> yeah, but it's a good story. Uh, people want to see this. I, don't, I said, I don't give a fuck. Please. No, no. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, Donnie, man. go ahead. So he did, and that's, you, that was game six. So for game seven, I was out there putting out the green apples and uh, again. And after everybody left, there was one guy left. And he just wasn't, wasn't moving. So, you know, I needed to finish doing what I was doing. So I said, uh, I started talking to the guy, and it turns out he was from ESPN, and that was kind of it. And then, <laughs> then he wrote a story, and
0: yeah,
1: so wow,
2: well, it was at least it was Game Seven then. Cool,
1: you know, man. So.
0: yeah. And we all know how that Game 7 turned out, man. That was the best way to (laughs) ever break a curse. Um,
1: I got to tell you, you know, the the greatest gift Joe Madden has is knowing when to make it rain. Right, right. (laughs) Amen to that.
0: Amen. I think, you know, we're we're Sox fans, uh, and we were born and raised Sox fans, but, I mean... I was happy for him. I really was. No, 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 but I think that win touched me more than the Sox winning in 2005, because... I mean, like, look. One, I'm not the biggest baseball
1: fan ever. Yeah, that's not your game. And you, then, like, you like basketball.
0: No, but and two, when we the Sox won, you know, they won, and they and they, I think they swept. I think or yeah. they won or it was four or it in a row, was, man. It, it was four one or one of the two. It wasn't. Yeah. It didn't go past game five. I know that, but I just remember us being like, "This is it, yeah, yeah." And we just kind of just, yeah.
1: You there saw wasn't so the much, drama, you yeah, know, the, the seven game I mean, world series. It was like it something was exploded. Something me, Like
0: yeah. off of like the, this pressure yeah. had just been pushing this like just something and just a sewer cap went up or something. It was Can you imagine
1: like, if they'd have blown it? Um, oh my! God. I was ready for it. Both yeah.
2: like a true fucking Sox
1: yeah. fan.
0: I was well as a, <laughs> yeah. as a, as a Sox fan. I was ready for it, and I was ready not to be because I wasn't as at the same time I wasn't as invested as all you know my what? friends. I were I was
1: so happy for my brother. Yeah, for Donnie Cruz, who bleed. You know, yeah. when he was alive, bless him, he bled cubby blue and him you know? and and him and Cusack were at oh god what they every game out of their minds. yeah they were out of their minds standing there with their hands on their head yeah and, you know um yeah, yeah you know um, and 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 our mutual friend John Cusack you know the you know he he lives and dies for the Cubs yeah but you, you know? know
2: what myself and Donnie and Cusack have been to more Sox games honestly God and I mean that we went to more Sox games than most Sox fans, you I guys know.
1: went with Spike, right? When Spike was here,
2: Spike Lee John, John went with him. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, with yeah, the Sox game. Mm-hmm. Good,
0: yeah, yeah, good. Well, you know, Spike, what is Spike? He's a Yankees fan or is he a Mets fan? He's got to be a Yankees oh, he's fan. A he's Yankees. a Yankees fan, he, he's, yeah, he's, he's never mind.
1: A, he's just, a uh, New York fan. I just saw, well, I just
0: saw, uh, well, you know? I, uh, I just I pictured, I remembered him in the New York. Yankees. He likes jersey the Yankees. And he do likes the, right the Mets thing. too. Yeah. You okay. Know? I mean, okay. he, he likes cool. them both. Um, That's cool. I how how are his Knicks doing?
1: I don't even know. The Knicks are doing like hmm. shit right now. They uh, got they the got, worst ownership. They got worse ownership than we James do. James so, We were talking about the,
0: the Oakley situation, yeah, well, a
1: year ago. I yeah, mean, we probably we, shouldn't
0: dwell on it because it was a year ago, but yeah, yeah you, you know didn't what know about we, that. we
1: ran into Charles Oakley at uh our gym. Yeah, you know? East Bank. yeah. And he was he was Eating And, uh, I said, I wish you were still on the bulls. You were one of the greats, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah. yeah, those, you know, th- that Donnie Cruz is no longer here. And yeah. for those well, of you who don't know who he was, Donnie yeah. Cruz owned, uh, Stanley's, uh, uh, legendary place at, uh, Lincoln Sheffield and Armitage Yeah, and, uh, he was a our dear, dear friend. Yeah. Uh, my my best memory of
0: Donnie Cruz is him. You know, my dad went through a quadruple bypass a uh, few years ago. The anniversary is ago, actually coming tomorrow. up, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. When that happened after it, it was a whole, you know, a whole thing. You know, you were in the hospital for months.
1: Donnie came to see me almost every day. Donnie the was hospital. there every day. And he'd bring his laptop, and we'd watch hockey fights. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, this will cheer you up. This I came is. in, and he was like, watch this, watch, watch this. this. Watch this, watch He showed <laughs> yeah. me all the Probert ones, you and, know, um, and well, Reed Simpson. They just yeah. beat the not out of guys know. you know one day after he i was
0: going to a, like a party and i was just like hey i'm gonna leave i'm gonna take off take care dad donnie great to see you and donnie goes where are you going where are you going man i go oh i'm going to a party man don't worry about it i'm not going to the because i thought he you know was gonna drive me back to the apartment which was pretty close by but i was like i'm yeah. not going there you know going a little farther he goes i got you man i got you the ride there man it was awesome because he's just a really great guy but every place we passed by that was a restaurant he goes you seen this place he goes heard it's great heard it's great it was like you know you're in the restaurant industry man you'd think it's like the only restaurant you're gonna say is great is your establishment he cared about everybody's establishment and he cared just about everything like when it come to that like you know that restaurant business we were really talking about
1: it he knew everybody and everyone knew him yeah he was amazing. Um, we, you know, one, I gotta tell this story
2: um, about Game Seven, and myself and Donnie and Luigi were downstairs watching the game because it was quiet down there. Yeah, upstairs was packed.
1: Oh, this is at Stanley's. Yeah, at Stanley's. Yeah, they had a little mob bar downstairs. Yes, you yeah. know, it was, yeah. was
2: Chelly's chelly's hidden night spot. Yeah, but uh, we were down there. Um, <laughs> actually, after. One of the first games, Donnie called me, where where are you? Where the fuck? I said, I'm in stands. No, you're not. I said, I'm in the basement. uh, All right. So that's where we ended up watching the rest of all the World Series. So game seven, Cubs win. Um, Myself and Donnie and Luigi are carrying up cases of champagne upstairs to Mm -hmm. the bar to spray the crowd. (laughs) So we sprayed the crowd and the place is Dripping in champagne, and all the TVs in the bar have, you know, because it was on Fox, it was a Fox logo, and it says Cubs Win World Series. So after all the champagne was done, I put it was my
1: like 2.30 ar- in the morning, too.
2: It was yeah. late. It was late. Yeah, it was, late. It was, it was, it was very late. So I, I put my arm around Luigi because Donnie, <laughs> Donnie was off doing something like Donnie would be doing. Yeah. I put my arm around Luigi, and I pointed at the TVs. I says, can you fucking believe this? Cubs win the World Series. Yeah. So Luigi looks at me and he, he looks back at the TV. He's, I don't know if I can believe. I said, what do you mean? He says, he points to the Fox logo. He says, is a Fox. I'm going to go get a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you can't be totally yeah. sure if Fox is reporting it. Yeah, yeah but. <laughs>
1: man yeah that's amazing now luigi man. yeah um luigi negroni yeah uh, we lost two of the greats rest yeah, in peace donnie yeah. cruz you know rest in peace we miss him um yeah uh what a delight it's been having you here <laughs> um you know yeah. we 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 talk about you a lot and uh you're one of the better storytellers. I, I swear know. to
2: God, anything
1: you say on air is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe them people. <laughs> Don't believe them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuckers. I know. Them. <laughs> so we'd love to have you yeah. back from time to time because really yeah, uh, you, you constantly, uh, are, are changing. You know, you were a barman for a long time and, uh, I know you were a union uh, construction and plumber guy, too. I've done everything. Yeah. 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 Anything to avoid honest work, that's what I said. That's, that's my, right. That's my model, my I'm friend. I'm still trying you know? to get into
2: the hooker's union, but... <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
1: How are you going to live on $6 yeah. a month? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. We've, Jeez, uh, uh, we've been here with, uh, with Coley Newell, and we will definitely have him back on the Max and Tony show. Definitely. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, let's go out with some jazz. Frank Catalano.
0: Hey, guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of The Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 18th episode. Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Big shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home of The Max and Tony Show. Don't forget to check out Adventureland Gallery and the Dime Showroom at 1513 Northwestern. We are currently showing I Feel Great by Clarice Casolino. If you want to access the podcast, go to themaxandtonyshow.com. Get caught up on everything you need to hear and the latest episode. Tune in next time for episode 19.